Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive, and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? I am the host? (laughs) That's right, baby. This is kicking off crossover week here at Player Profiler. I'm Matty Kiewum, and I am hosting the Dominator this week, but I am joined by a very familiar face to this show, Mr. Billy Muzio. What's up, Billy? Thanks, Matty. Thanks for coming on. Got the pros versus Joes. I was like, I messaged you, said, hey, would you mind hosting the pros versus Joes for crossover week? And then that allows me to kind of put my head down and draft and not have to be as engaging. I love to be engaging, but when you're drafting on the clock, thinking about strategy, the clock's ticking yeah. down, you're looking at people around you. There's a lot going on. It's nice to have a host. And it, uh, Selfishly, I have <laughs> to admit, to be able to sit front row to watch Billy Muzio draft in a pretty – Pretty, you know, prestigious contest. I think I'm gonna come away with this sh- from this show with some tactics and a little bit of tricks up for, um, on my sleeves when I when I get my drafts going. So you talked about it. it is the pros versus Joes at FFPC? Tell us all about that, Billy. What is the pros versus Joes? Yeah, the pros versus Joes is an invite only FFPC best ball draft. So typically these drafts are 125. dollars uh, They 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 give them to the all the pros uh, for marketing. And then we draft and, and the Joes, of course, and then they they draft against each other. The winner of this league gets a main event entry, which is an eighteen hundred dollar buy in next year. So only one person in this oh, league wow. gets the cash. So you got to swing for the fences in this draft because second place, if you ain't first to last and <laughs> second, second place, second place is nothing. Um, so we want to make sure that we are swinging for the fences inside of this draft. We're trying to build the best possible team with the most possible points heading into this overall uh, tournament for the pros versus Joes. And we need to find that main event ticket. So we have a couple pros in here. We got uh, best ball NFL, which is going to be Todd Burrows. We have Sigmund Bloom over from football guys. Of course, yours truly FF Musio here drafting from the six hole for player profiler. You have Bob Lung from big guy sports. Who's drafting in here from the eight hole. You have Evan Silva who is drafting from uh, the 10 hole. And that's from established the run. Everyone knows Evan. And then yep. we have Alex Dunlap, friend of the friend of the podcast <laughs> drafting in the 12 hole for roster watch. So you are in what they call in the soccer world, the group of death of the, pro, the pros versus <laughs> Joes. I'm assuming. Yeah. And, 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 and the Joes are no, you know, pushovers there's a lot of high stakes players in here the joes actually have a better winning streak versus the pros inside of this no pros versus joes tournament just because it's the ffpc it's very nuanced right there's there's tight end mm-hmm. premium there's a lot of there's a lot of money in these drafts and there's a lot of sharp players who play high stakes so we want to you know always combat the pros versus the joes i'm on the clock so i'm gonna stop t- i'm gonna stop talking here and then i'll pull the board. <laughs> yeah it's a, you know it is a tough contest to win when not only is it ricky bobby rules meaning your first or your last but you're talking about the average joes are not average they're above average to pretty dang sharp this is going to be an absolute fun to watch you break it down uh, I do believe this is a one quarterback league, like you said, tight end premium over at FFPC. Full point PPR, is that correct? That is full point PPR. Um, so tight ends go early and often. For instance, Kelsey just went in the four hole. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the board so everyone can see what the hell it is that we're talking about. Um, there it is. Boom. So Kelsey typically goes in pretty early, right? So I've seen mm-hmm. him go as early as one, of course, two, three, four. kind of lives in that three, four spot. Uh, but in this draft for the audio listeners, Justin Jefferson kicked it off at the 101. Then we have Jamar Chase, who went to 102. And then we got um, Christian McCaffrey at the 103, which went to Jeff Terabasi. Then we got Sigmund Bloom took Travis Kelsey at the 104. Cooper Cup went 105. Tyreek Hill to yours truly at the 106. Austin Eckler to 107. And then we have A.J. Brown to Bob Lung at the 108. Bijan Robinson goes to Troy Wells at the 109. Evan Stova locks in Stephon Diggs. Jonathan Taylor goes to the 111. And then Alex Dunlap auto-drafts two picks, C.D. Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown. And then we come back around. And so you know there's an auto because that little asterisk. So if you're ever looking at an FPC okay. board, that little star that I just highlighted, a little asterisk means that they auto drafted. 
So that's very, it's very important to know that when you're in a draft because um, the computer typically, unless they have a Q set, the computer will take mm-hmm. the top player off the board. Uh, and and we, we got to know who that player is because if you're hoping a player is going to come back around, you know, I'm in the middle of the draft here, but if you were at the 10 or 11 hole, knowing that guy's on auto draft is, is, is kind of a big key to know what's right. it's going to get back on you quick. Correct. Right. You'll know what's coming off. And then, you know, that, that board's going to catch up to you really, really quick. So I'm seeing now two tight ends off the board. Also two quarterbacks off the board here in round number two in a one QB setting, both to a couple of pros, Evan Silva and bomb lung went Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, Allen over Mahomes. What do you think about that? I mean, he goes for the stack, right? He's got Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. He's going for that that, that Week 17 correlation. Um, Buffalo has New England Week 17. Unfortunately, the weather's going to be pretty cold in Buffalo. Yeah, but yep. I do think that um, we we know that you have one of the best quarterbacks in football. You have one of the best receivers in football, and you're tying them together. So I don't hate it. Um, sometimes though, Josh Allen will fall there in round three in these drafts. It's not common. Mm-hmm. He usually goes the three five, three six, three seven, three eight range. But I do have a few teams inside the FFPC uh, best ball, the 125s, where I have gotten Josh Allen at the 3-9-3-10. So it's not likely, it's, it's, but it is possible. So I do like to usually push it if I can just to right. see because, you know, wouldn't you love to have Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddle, and Josh Allen? For me, yeah. I risk it for the biscuit and I push it and I try to get unique. Okay, so how much does the the uniqueness uh, uniqueness obviously matters here in this format because it's winner takes all. So you want to have a little bit of nuance to your lineup that others don't. That's what I'm hearing. These pros versus Joes, because it's a consolidated, you know, it's it's just this twelve man league. We're not facing off against, um, you know, ten thousand people to win the overall, you know, grand prize at the FFPC. We're just facing each other for a main event ticket out of these twelve teams. So. I'm going to play this a little bit differently than I would a tournament build, right? If I'm playing tournament build, I'm trying to get unique at pick three. I'm trying to get unique mm-hmm. at pick four. I'm I'm doing some crazy builds, but here I'm going to be looking a lot at, at BPA best player available. Mm-hmm. Like Derek you, Henry just fell to me at the freaking three, three, six. Like what? Oh no. Did he just go? Oh, my, he did go lagged. two picks head. So you my are on the clock. Lagged. Chris Olave is there though. While oh, we, my. while you make your pick, we are going to hear from our sponsor. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. Now, you know I love Kenny Pickett, right? Week one, who does he face? San Francisco. That's a bummer. So I'm going to be going less than on Kenny Pickett's projected yardage. And on whichever quarterback is starting for San Francisco in week one. (laughs) Probably not Trey Lance. But then, who do the Steelers face in week two? Ah, the Browns, right? We think the Browns are going to crank things up. So there, you can say, hey, Kenny Pickett, more than his projected passing yards. And you keep on correlating. Elijah Moore, more than. George Pickens, more than. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So let's take us through the pick off the board. The surprise is in. Chris Olave, one receiver, two receiver, three receiver. Over at the game plan, we like to call that getting your dragons Billy, talk to the <laughs> folks listening here. You got three dragons here ready to scorch some earth. I might as well call me the Khaleesi. Is there a male version of the Khaleesi? <laughs> Khaleeso. Billy Khaleeso. <laughs> Billy Khaleeso instead of Billy Muzio. Billy Khaleeso. I like it. <laughs> I'm surprised that Alave fell that far. Alave's average right now inside of this tournament is going at the 210. And so you see him all the time being drafted. I mean, in, in the middle of the second. I've seen him go as early as like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually shocked he he was there at at, at the three six. That's I love it. One QB format PPR. I mean, this guy was wide receiver twenty five on a points per game basis. He only had four receiving touchdowns, and he had an ab- absurd amount of unrealized air yards, eight hundred forty five, fifth most. With a new quarterback, a better down the field passer, and Derek Carr, 
I mean, Olave is primed to eat because there's no way on fantasy football's earth that Michael Thomas resurges. Is there really? It's that's one of those tricky scenarios. I mean, Michael Thomas is one of the players that has one of the widest ranges of outcomes. Right? He could miss 14 games. He could play 16 games and finish as a top 30 receiver. I don't think it's likely, but I, I do have him like I think it's around wide receiver 40 ish and and. It might be low, it might be too high. I mean, it's just one of those situations is really tricky. But we know that Olave is probably going to be the number one in this option, and they're going to be passing more with with Derek Carr at helm. And they also have, you know, Alvin Kamara still facing a looming suspension. So there's a lot of targets to be going around for this 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 new or this New Orleans offense. And I love Chris Olave. I mean, he was one of my favorite rookies in the class last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, you know, bet on him for Rookie of the Year, missed that bet, but he still had a phenomenal year, and I love where he's going in drafts this year. Yeah, getting him in the third round seems like an absolute no-doubter. So you're going to be coming into the fourth round pick. We're not going to do any table talk here, but are you looking receiver? Are you looking running back now or tight end? What are you looking at? Well, there's a few players. I'm looking here at the uh, overall queue. Um, mm-hmm. There's a receiver I like. Uh, there's another receiver I like. There's a third receiver I like. So <laughs> I'm looking like we're probably going to go receiver here and start a little zero running back build. Oh, a little zero RB. You know, Matt it had me on the, the Mind of Mansion show last week. We talked a little bit zero RB. And it's just, it's it's in. You can build some really dangerous teams, zero RB. So I'm excited to see how this turns out for you. Now, what are the starting lineups in the pros versus Joes tournament? So it's traditional FFPC. So it's one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex spots. Uh, there's no There's no defense. There's no kicker inside of these. Um, and so you can get pretty creative, right? So you could fill those mm-hmm. two flex spots to start four receivers every week. You could go early tight end, and if you wanted to, you could punt receiver and start two tight ends in that flex spot. I've seen seen a lot of successful builds that way. So you can get very creative with this tight end premium. I typically like to go wide receiver early and often in these builds because if you can hit on running back late, like we said, we're swinging for the fences here, right? It's yep. only first place. If you ain't first, you're last, buddy. And so if, <laughs> if, if that's the scenario here, I'm swinging for the fences with some RB2s and some backup handcuffs where if there's an injury that or a suspension or you may have someone that maybe wants to hold out, they could perform significantly above where they're going in drafts, and we're going to try to capitalize on that instead here. Ryan C is in the chat. Shout out to you, Ryan. Best ball or lineup? What is this? This is best ball. Oh, okay. Very good. Thanks for the question, Ryan. So now everyone knows this is a best ball tournament so going for receivers because you can start for any given week is a good strategy and then with the best ball adding on to that you definitely want to pile on some absolute beast and you go keenan allen let's talk about keenan allen because he's getting old billy no one's seeming to like him i mean he's here in the fourth round and he's the number one wide receiver for a quarterback that we all expect to throw a ton of touchdowns yeah i haven't projected for 680 plus attempts justin herbert that is Keenan Allen going to see the majority of these 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 targets. We know that um, Mike Williams has never been a ta- target hog. They added you know Quentin Johnson, but still a rookie coming onto the field. They still have Everett, mm-hmm. Everett. Um, and so there's a lot of pieces in this offense. But Keenan Allen is still a target hog. 2021 saw 157 targets last year, only playing in 10 games, saw 89 targets. That's almost nine a game. It's 8.9 a game. If we can even just see eight or even 7.5 a game, that's a lot of targets. So I like Keenan Allen again this year. I know he's getting old. I know he's had some soft tissue issues, but I still think he's going to be a big part of this offense and is almost a lock for a top 20 wide receiver spot. So wide receiver 18, happy to get him here. Again, a guy that goes almost around earlier. You see him all the time in round three. We see him, you know, kind of fade sometimes into round four, but traditionally the end of round three in these drafts. I, I, you know, I see a lot of DK Metcalf going off the board before Keenan Allen and redraft. That seems kind of crazy, right? I mean, Keenan Allen, I know he missed some games. He only played 10 last year, but he averaged almost three more points per contest than DK Metcalf. I think we're, st- are you starting to get nervous that DK isn't the fantasy producer that we all hope he would be? He's just such an athletic freak. Uh, he I is. Think, I think he's still going to be, he, I'm still happy picking him middle to end of round three i i'll reach okay. every now and then to get unique and take them to the beginning of round three but again this is a confined league it's pros versus joes we're not we're not playing the field we're just playing against 11 other folks mm-hmm. so we can we don't need to get too crazy here um but that being said seattle 
clearly loves him. He's been a focal point of the offense. I know they added a rookie, but I still think that DK is going to be the, the lead receiver. JSN probably mixes in, starts to overthrow, lock it maybe towards the end of the season. But I do think that JSN's more of a 2024 play than a 2023 play. I think he's an outstanding talent, outstanding receiver. I just don't know how much of an impact he's going to make in 2023. Don't get me wrong. I like him. Mm-hmm. I still have him as like wide receiver 40, but I just, he's being drafted as like inside the top 30 right now. And it's right. just a little steep for my liking when you have, a receiver like DK Metcalf, you have a receiver like Tyler Lockett, and you have Kenneth Walker on a team that traditionally likes to run the ball a lot. Right. They drafted right. they drafted Charbonnet in round two. They run some of the most 12 personnel in the league. I know DK Metcalf's going to be on the field in that 12 personnel. Can you say the mm-hmm. same about JSN? That that's a question. That's that's a very good question. Now, if they were both available right here in the middle of round four, would you have gone DK or Keenan? Uh I would have gone DK here at four. Um just because I think man, that's a tough one, actually. That's pretty close. That's, that's a coin flip. I own more DK, but again, this is this is not a tournament, so this is a confined league. I probably would have gone. I probably go go Keenan just because the confined league aspect, and we're looking for we're just beating out eleven players. Tournament, I'm going DK Metcalf though. Okay, so we're approaching your next pick here in round number five. But I got to ask, uh, I don't know if you've tuned in to Matt and I's collaborations lately on Mind of Mansion. He did the OT, the game plan, all that good stuff. We're going to play a profile on YouTube. We've talked a lot about Quentin Johnson, and we're both pretty off of Quentin Johnson. Are you in or out on QJ for the Los Angeles Chargers? Um, I'm I'm out for the most part. His ADP is reasonable. I just, I'm not crazy about, oh, okay, he made my decision for me. Oh, geez, thank you. I did not want <laughs> I, I really wanted Jerry Judy there, but I wanted to take a stack here with Keenan Allen, so I'm going to go ahead and lock it in. Um, oh, I like that. So, so Quentin Johnson. Yeah, back yeah. to Quentin Johnson. So I, I like Quentin Johnson. I am not crazy about his tape. I love the landing spot more than anything. Again, I think it's 2024 play. I think that he'll probably see the field in three wide receiver sets. Uh, it'll take an injury for Keenan Allen or to Mike Williams for him to, to have any major relevance because they still have, you know, an exceptional pass catching back in Austin Eckler. They still have mm-hmm. a tight end in, in Everett who's going to see probably 80 plus targets again. And so there's there's a lot of mouse to feed, as cliche as that is. There's a lot of mouse to feed in this offense. And so he's going to have to carve out a role. Palmer's still there. I, I expect him to lose that role, though, to mm-hmm. to Quentin Johnson. But I just when does it happen? Is it right away? Is it week one? Is it week two? He's still the receiver three now. and and I think that's a valuable role inside of this offense, but I'm just not crazy about him. Yeah, Matt has brought up a whole bunch of the comps. He tweeted out a bunch of them before uh, before we went live on Wednesday. And yeah, they're not great. Uh, they're not great, Bob. And Billy, let's just <laughs> keep the conversation in L.A. You draft Justin Herbert. I look at Justin Herbert's performance profile in 2022, and all I see is a lot of touchdown progression going into 2023. I mean... Only 25 last year. Each of the two years before that, he was over 30. Zero rushing touchdowns. He had eight combined over the previous two seasons. Talk about Justin Herbert. What are your expectations on him going into the next season? Absolutely love Justin Herbert. There has been so many updates to the projections uh, and the rankings over at Player Profiler that myself and Dario kind of collaborate on. And Justin Herbert has ranged from quarterback four to quarterback six. Uh, just always moving. So that that's... <laughs> yeah. Herbert, that Herbert, Burrow, Lamar, those those three have constantly changed mm-hmm. based upon what's happening in the news, what's happening around them. Uh, and Herbert, in my opinion, has the possibility, like out of all those players, like you would not be shocked if one of them finished as quarterback one. It would be mm-hmm. uh, it would be unlikely, but you'd be like, OK, I could see it. Right. And yeah, I think absolutely. Justin Herbert, like the volume that he has. Like 699 attempts last year when he had a, you know, bum shoulder, broken rib. And so how much is he going to throw this year? They added another weapon in the passing game. They brought in Kellen Moore from Dallas. I mean, we love the Kellen Moore offense. We saw what he was able to do in, in, in Dallas. He was always a top five in almost every category. Can he take that success and replicate it over in this Chargers offense? And if so... I mean, there's a possibility where Justin Herbert is QB1, and I could see a scenario where he's throwing for 5,000 yards and 45 touchdowns. I mean, we, we look back at his 2021 season where he threw 672 attempts for 5,014 yards with almost a 66 completion percentage, 7.5 yards per attempt, and had 38 touchdowns. He finished as quarterback two in fantasy points per right. game. And 
what does that look like if he hits 700 pass attempts? What does that hit look like if he hit if he has 68% completion percentage like he did last year? What does that look like if it's 45 touchdowns? We're talking about the quarterback one possibly. So love Justin Herbert, love his upside, love the new addition, Kellen Moore as the OC. I'm really excited to see what they do this year. So a buddy of mine, Billy, he's a Dolphins fan, right? And he lives here in the Massachusetts area. And he's flying out to L.A. to see the Miami Dolphins, Los Angeles Chargers opening day. Looking at your team so far, I think you should get a ticket to that affair because <laughs> you'd see a lot of these players playing that one game. Oh, man, I I love this team is freaking sexy, dude. I love this team. This right now. team does have sex appeal, Bill. I will be 100% <laughs> honest with you. You got Hill Waddle, so you got the double dragons down in Miami. Olave looking like a second-year breakout candidate. Keenan Allen, all reliable in his gunslinger, Justin Herbert. Are you still are you are you clamoring over uh, some running backs here, or are you looking to let this zero RB train just to keep on rolling? What's a running back? Is that one of those guys that carry the ball? <laughs> they mattered about 50 years ago. I don't know if they do so much any longer. Ladanian Tomlinson was the last good one. No, I just... Let- uh- <laughs> <laughs> Adrian Peterson. We'll call Adrian Peterson. We'll give we'll give the manager. ADP was a beast. He, he met well. AAP AP was a beast. Yeah, he was a beast. He mattered for our fantasy teams, but I don't know if he mattered much for the Minnesota Vikings either. So we'll I don't know. We'll keep going. So you're on the clock here, so I won't distract it too too much. I'm, I'm, I'm on kinda, deck. So yeah, so you go ahead and pick. Get your guys ready. I'll kind of walk everyone oh through God, what's dude, going are just on. Falling. Here. They're falling. The pros were up. Oh, so he. So he does go green here. Paints the board with a little uh, green. Let's go, little salsa verde, <laughs> Billy. J.K. Dobbins. Are you you not worried at all by the uh, the recent news out of Baltimore camp? I uh, it's fine in round six. I it's his average right now inside this draft pick is like middle to end of round five, and so I just keep seeing value on the board right now. Justin Herbert's really the only one who's kind of gone at cost. I mean, even then, a half a round later than typical, and. um so I'm pretty happy with the way this thing's shaping up right now. I'm getting a discount on almost everybody. It just, you know, Herbert probably went, I mean, he definitely went at cost, but if you look at the guy who drafted directly after you, he went Trevor Lawrence. So he he was going Herbert. I mean, there's, I can't imagine he was looking at it going, I'm taking Lawrence over Herbert if, if I have the decision. So I would imagine here he would have been right off the board. So it was a good job that you grabbed him where you did. So then we see Cam Akers get off the board. You, I remember you touting a lot of Cam Akers, especially back at the KC Draft House. You still high on Akers, or are you clearly just Dobbins over Akers in 2023? I'm Dobbins over Akers in 2023. I think it's getting closer, but I I, I like the offense better inside of uh, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I just yep. think it's I just think it's it's so much more potent this year, and we have of course Lamar, the rushing quarterback, that's going to open up lanes. J.K. Dobbins, one of the most explosive running backs when he's on the field and healthy. Um, I like Akers. I like his opportunity that he has this year. There's not a lot of mouths to feed in this backfield. It's pretty disgusting, quite frankly. And as long as he doesn't piss off McVay, and as long as he keeps <laughs> those pictures of him and whatever dirt he has on him when where he saw the field, I think he's safe. And we're, we're yeah, just he's going right in the sink. We're safe. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think, I think we're. I think he's. I think he's in line for a big season. Like I've never been a K-Makers. Like like truther I, I, right. back in the day i debated larky and it was darrell henderson versus cam Akers, and i was saying just go for the cheaper player because they're just both going to be used like why would i take a because at the time cam Akers was going on the one two turn like why would mm-hmm. i spend a one two pick when darrell henderson is going to see the field 40 percent of the time it just didn't make any sense to me and right. of course there was a year he tore his achilles we never saw the outcome um but again cam Akers. Never a huge fan, but this year you got. I look at it. I'm. I to me, I, I don't like hate players. I mean, there's certain players I just don't like, but I look at it and say, what's the situation? Mm-hmm. What 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 type of workload are they looking at this year? What does the offensive line look like? What are their receiving options look like? And what is it going? What is like the outcome for the season? What is the floor? What is the ceiling? And where do we land? And so we have to look at this on a season by season basis. And once we get into the season, it's a week by week basis. But as we're drafting in draft season, we have to look at this from a large perspective and say, what is their workload going to be? And you have to like what it's going to look like for Cam Akers here this year. Can't yeah for sure. I the, my 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 worry with Cam Akers is the over. Uh, you know he gets overrun a little bit. The team's not really going a whole lot of you know not going anywhere. And I don't know he's gonna get the carries, which is great. But for someone who's been hurt 
It does worry me that he could get overused. But where J.K. Dobbins is a sweet spot, I think it's the new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin at Georgia really knew how to use backs sparingly, keep them That's fresh, right. keep them on the field. J.K. Dobbins will have Gus the Bus. Uh, you know, they just signed Melvin Gordon. Uh, they still have Justice Hill. So there will be some. You know, it, it might frustrate us at times, but as long as Dobbins stays on the field, he's going to get his. And I want to ask you this, Billy, and you're about to pick here, so I'll set it up for you. You can make your pick, and then I'll get your answer. We keep seeing a lot of uh, what I like to call franchise speak coming from the AFC North, and what they're telling us is they're getting ready to score a ton of fantasy points. The Browns want to chuck it more. They're going to build their offense around $200 million quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Baltimore Ravens brought in Tonk, Todd Munkin, like we just talked about. They also went ahead and drafted Zay Jones, brought in Odell Beckham. They're looking to score a bunch of points. Even the Pittsburgh Steelers has a pretty formidable offense. They're going to have Najee Harris at 100%, we hope. They still have George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, second-year candidate or breakout candidate, and Kenny Pickett. He's got old reliable tight end. Pat Frymuth, and of course, Cincinnati Bengals are still the class in the division with their high-powered offense. So is it good to get members of this uh, of this you know potentially high-scoring future AFC North, Billy? I think that the Steelers are underrated this year. I really like taking this team in best balls and stacking it because no one's really attacking it. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, and I think that – you know, as long as we can see some decent quarterback play, which I think we will, I think Pickett will take a step forward, then everyone's being underdrafted. I mean, Deontay Johnson just went as wide as he were 33 here to the 7 4 to Sigma Bloom. He was at the top of my queue. I was really hoping he was going to make it back. That was actually probably the least, the pick I just made is probably the pick I don't like at all out of my draft so far. But it's kind of a tough spot because if this was a best ball tournament, I'm going Kadaris Tony. Right, but we're just trying to beat these eleven players, so it changes mm-hmm. things a little bit. Um, back to Deontay Johnson is, if, you know, if he had four touchdowns last year, he's probably going as a top twenty receiver. He's probably being drafted inside the four or five turn. But because he had zero touchdowns, he he soured a lot of drafters, and he's been pushed down boards. And I think it's way too far. I mean, projections and rankings, he's my wide receiver twenty two, and I love his upside this year. The man has just been a consistent target hog in his career, and. People are just looking at him like top liver just because he yeah. had a zero yeah. touchdown season. And I, I just think it's gone too far. I mean, I'll gladly take the discount every single draft. It's one of my most owned receivers that you look back at what he's done. And out, let's just take out his rookie season. Let's just focus on 2020 and further 144 targets, 169 targets, 147 mm-hmm. targets last year. And so, like I said, he has four touchdowns. What's a different game. So I'll take the discount Deontay Johnson. I, I love Pat Fryermuth this year. I think again, right. one of just been so consistent at the tight end position, and I think he's arguably the number two option in the passing game. Um, I like Pickens. I think Pickens is, is is appropriately priced. I don't think he's overpriced, but I, right. I would rather lean on Deontay Johnson and, and Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, I, I love the skill set in Deontay Johnson. I love the target hogs, uh, especially with young quarterbacks. And we got our man OG Theo Greminger, your co-host of First Class Fantasy, in the chat. Let's. F and go, Theo. Good to see you, <laughs> Damian Pierce. So not only you waited on uh, on running backs. Uh, is this? Could you? Te- is, can you qualify this as zero RB if you went if you double tap six seven? No, technically, I mean, it's it's. No, I think you got to wait till at least round six. I want to throw a tight in there. Round seven, you can kind of be classified, but it's not a true zero RB team in my right. opinion. It's. I mean, it's wide receiver heavy, um, but taking J.K. Dobbins and Damon Pierce. I mean, I just took the, the value there is what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to pass up on J.K., like I said. Is, that's almost a round past his his ADP. Damon Pierce, that's like three quarters of a round past his ADP. Mm-hmm. And so you got to like, I'm just taking the discount here. I'm just letting the draft fall to me is what I'm doing. Like, I haven't done anything crazy here. I've just been taking pretty much the best player available on the board and letting the draft kind of keep falling to me. It's just worked out so far. Sometimes it's like this in drafts. You know, if you're in the one, two or the 11, 12 hole, it may not fall this way quite as much. But when you're in the middle, you kind of just got to take what's given to you. And and it's sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Tonight seems to be working on. All right. We'll see if it goes in the Scott Fishbowl. You know, we all just kind of we're all kind of completing our drafts now. I I was in a similar situation. I went quarterback, receiver, receiver, quarterback in that super flex format. And I was willing to either punt running back or tight end to the ninth round. 
ended up triple tapping running back there in the fifth, sixth, and seventh. So I, I understand that. And I think that's really important for anyone tuning in to take out when it comes to drafts is you can have an idea in mind. You can see a build forming in your head. But like Billy said, if you're in the middle of the draft or any point in the draft and you see the value, don't be afraid, okay? You might start the draft. What do we say five minutes before that pick? What's a running back? But the value is there. doesn't matter. We're going to paint this thing with green. We're going to get you a couple of running backs. Now, I want to talk about Damian Pierce specifically. Not really. I don't really love his prospects in more of a dynasty lens. But in a best ball, you know, redraft seasonal competition like pros versus Joes, I do like him a whole lot more because I do see a range of outcomes. There are certain outs here where he is a bell cow for the Houston. Yeah, it's very possible. We two, 13 games, had 220 attempts, almost 1,000 yards last year. I know they've added some competition with Singletary, um, rookie quarterback who can who's a little mobile, so it's it's going to change the look of the offense a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping they're going to be a little bit better. They'll be in some more favorable situations, but um, RB26, got to like it. I mean, I think I have him like, as, a, as a RB20-ish. Don't quote me there, but uh, I think I'll just take – it's just a, another discount pick is what it is. I'm on the clock. One second. Go ahead and make your pick here. So we're seeing a whole lot of purple now smattered through this board. We have five, eight, ten, eleven quarter uh, or tight ends off the board. Billy, you have yet to grab one. I'm not trying to put any pressure on you. You make the pick you're going to want to make. But it's interesting to see even Evan Ingram, Pat Frymuth. It's almost like someone's watching this stream. Evan, are you watching? Are you watching the Dominator right now, Evan? Because he went Pat Frymuth right after we hyped him up a bit. Oh, double tapping quarterback. Okay, I need to hear about this, Bill, because you have Justin Herb already, and this is a one QB start league. So explain to the people that might not be as familiar with these best ball tournaments, why is it important to still double tap quarterback, even though you already had one? So, uh, one, it's for a stack. I have Tyreek and Waddle. If I didn't have both of them, I probably would have passed on two of there and taken uh, a Week 17 correlation with Denver and gone Russell Wilson a little bit later. But mm-hmm. because I had Tyreek and Waddle, I wanted to make sure that I capitalized on the points there and take Tua. Uh, we know that Tua is capable of having really big weeks, and I think that between him and Herbert, we're looking at a potential top five, top six quarterback every single week. And in best ball, we want to see a top caliber quarterback. I'm not crazy about going early quarterback usually, but in this scenario, I think it worked. I just didn't really love the players around it, right? Don't really. I mean, okay, Antonio Gibson doesn't do a lot for me in this build. Elijah Moore, okay, I already have four good receivers. I don't necessarily need him. Pickens, I just talked about. I liked having Friar Muth and Deontay Johnson a little bit more. I'm not crazy about Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's at the top of the the mm-hmm. um, player list right now. Traylon Burks just took a hit with DeAndre Hopkins. So when I look around and see a bunch of players that I'm just like, I don't have to have, might as well take another quarterback, create an edge inside my draft, make myself strong at a position. Like now I'm winning at, like now I'm strong and winning at receiver. I'm winning, mm-hmm. I'm strong and winning at quarterback and I'm not far behind at running back. So you're I'm, in the thick you know, of it. I'm punting right now, tight end. And so uh, I think we should be able to clean it pretty nicely. We'll see. But in the meantime, Overall, I'm I'm liking it. I got you know two top two two quarterback ones essentially. So you've seen the you you've followed the, the you know the Avengers, uh, you know the MCU, there's Infinity Saga, that all stuff. You watch all those movies? I do. Yeah. There's that there's that scene where Doctor Strange kind of uses yeah where one he's million outcomes. every outcome yeah. And he says there's one. There's one. I think he said one million and thirteen different outcomes, and there's one where they get successful. <laughs> what I think is you brought back out of that range of one million outcomes two. I think you guaranteed yourself a, a nuclear quarterback <laughs> in this bit with this build. Of course, things can happen. Things can go awry. But we both were talking about the possible t- touchdown progression going into 2023 for Justin Herbert. So if he goes nuclear and finishes a top three QB, you're good there. Or if the Miami Dolphins as offense as a whole goes ballistic, now you will have not only their number one performer, their number two performer, and the maestro, the point guard, the quarterback that's making it all happen. So like you said, sometimes uh, you you probably wouldn't have gone Tua, if you didn't have the two, we have the OG in the chat, and he said you had to grab Theo. I mean, you had to grab two Tua there because he was going to go either to one or three. They don't have a quarterback yet. Makes a lot of sense. And now you've, I think you've locked in the possibility of going absolutely ballistic at your quarterback position. You got your four receivers, two running backs. How you feeling so far? Eight rounds in, feeling pretty good. You know, looking back, I always like to look back at the draft and say, did I make a mistake anywhere? Right and mm-hmm. 
although I like taking the discount on Damon Pierce, does it make this team better? And and I, I always like to look at that and say it probably shored up a running back position where I'm not as needy now, and I don't have mm-hmm. to go and hammer running back on the next two picks. I would have probably had a pass on two of there if I didn't have a running back. May have you know if who who would have knows what the board looked like afterwards. But I always mm-hmm. like to take a look and say, okay, well, who is the other player I was considering? I was considering taking. Um, where is it? I was considering taking a tight end. I thought about taking uh, Evan Ingram there, right? So what is my what does my draft look like? So we'll come back to that in a couple rounds, and we'll say what was the the trade, right? Was it Evan Ingram or Damon Pierce and player X, or was right. it Evan Ingram and player Y? And so mm-hmm. I like to look at that and come back to it. So just put that mental mental note, shelf it. We'll come back to it. Yeah. And then I do the same thing when I'm looking at the board, like I just mentioned. Like I got, you know, we just took Tua. Don't really like my team if I take Gibson there. Don't like it if I take Elijah Moore. Don't like it if I take Pickens. I don't really care for P. Ryan in this build, at least. Traylon mm-hmm. Burks, okay, maybe, right? A.J. Dillon, probably not for this team. Daniel Jones, don't have any pieces, don't need to. Gabe Davis, okay, maybe. But right now, I think that quarterback was the right pick there. I'm not crazy about all the players that went off here. I don't really feel like I needed any of those guys. I agree with you. I, I you know, sometimes and it's best ball, so you don't have to make the decision on a given basis of which quarterback you're going to play with. But again, whew, you got to get you're you're in the you're in the Pacific Northwest, Bill. Get your ass down to L.A. You're gonna have to go see this game. You'll be rooting for both <laughs> quarterbacks, two receivers on one team, one on another. Holy cow! You're gonna have to, and then who knows what you end up with that it comes with the Chargers or Dolphins, even with the Rainer of this draft. So you are again on the you're on deck here. On deck. So you're gonna be preparing a pick. I'm looking at this draft here, and I, and I like your team so far. I got to give it to you. Like I said, I love starting with the Dragons. You double tap, and then you double tapped again at wide receiver, coming out with four in the first four rounds. You still uh, have two pretty good uh, uh, running backs coming out so far. J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce. I like both of those in a best ball format. Damian Pierce, what he you said he came off of the board at running back 26, I think you said. Uh, yeah, you he, can look in the far right-hand corner of the player box. So right there, RB26. Yeah, okay. See, my eyes aren't totally shot. We have him ranked <laughs> in our FFPC rankings. He's had a little tequila. At <laughs> 21. So you got a little bit of value when it comes to Damian Pierce. And again, the two a double tap quarterback scenario, I love for this best ball build because I think every single week you are putting yourself in a position to absolutely smash at the wide receiver and quarterback position. Now, here we go. We got a little bit of Barney on the board, a little purple, a little purple swag here in round number nine, Tyler Higby off the board. So I'm going to ask you two questions. What are your thoughts on Tyler Higby going into 2023? And would you have taken him over Dalton Schultz if Schultz was still available? Yeah, I have Higby slightly ahead of Schultz. The question there for me was, am I going to stick with the build and go Justin Herbert or Quentin Johnson, who I'm just not that crazy about? Or do I want to take a tight end and and get my first purple off the board? Um, swag. I'm just not crazy about Quentin Johnson. We mentioned him earlier. That was that was the the debate there. And uh, decided to take Tyler Higby. I don't really have any stack on the team. Doesn't really fit in the build much outside of just the need of the position. But I like his overall opportunity this year. We talked about earlier, and we talked about player and opportunity in year to year. Tyler Higby could step into a major role this year. Last year, he saw 108 targets, the most in his career. We know they have Cooper Cup, and outside that, there's a, not a lot of uh, receivers inside of this offense. So Van Jefferson, arguably the number two. They got Puka Nakua. They got um, Tutu Atwell, right? It gets kind of gross. And so Higby could see a massive workload. Um, we look at what he did on the field when Cooper Cup was on the field last year, first four weeks, 11 targets week one, nine targets week two, 14 targets in week four. I mean, that's a lot of targets. That is that is 34 targets in yeah. three weeks. Add in the the four there in week in week three, and we're talking about almost 40 targets in the first four weeks. So I don't expect that to be that level, but even if we see anything like we saw towards the end, five targets, 11 targets, four targets, seven targets. We're looking at a potential, you know, tight in eight, tight in nine. And especially if they're moving the ball down the field and they are seeing if Cooper Cup seeing a bunch of double teams, Tyler mm-hmm. Higby could step into a pretty big workload this year. Do you have, uh, are you nervous about Matthew Stafford and that Linguini elbow at all, not being able to really chuck the rock? Yeah. I mean, a little bit, but I'm not. I mean, Stafford is one tough son of a bitch, dude. Like that dude has not missed. He a lot is of tough. Games. He's super tough. He's super tough. He plays through injuries a lot. I think he's going to be on the field. I don't think we're going to have 
too many concerns with him. And if they do, and he does have any arm concerns and he has seen injury, what is someone who, what are they going to do when they can't throw the ball down the field? They're going to focus middle of the field, short intermediate routes, and that's going to benefit the tight end, which is Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. So uh, taking a, a tight end this late in tight end premium, uh, is that something you typically do? Or do you like to go at the upper echelon tight ends because of the TEP? If, if I have one bullet, right? So I'm a volume player. So I can, I've taken tight end early, I've taken tight end late. I've punted tight end to like round 14 and taken four straight. But if I have one bullet, if I'm not getting Travis Kelsey and punting the position, because every year we see a tight end emerge as a tight end one who's being drafted outside the top 15 of the position. We saw Darren Waller do it one year. We saw Pat Fryermuth do it. We saw Evan Ingram do it. Right? We've seen Logan Thomas do it. Every single year we see a tight end emerge. And so if I'm not taking Travis Kelsey, and I think Mark Andrews can fit into this category as well, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews are punch for me. And so Tyler Higby mm-hmm. could be a tight end eight, seven, five. Could be anywhere from tight end five to tight end 12. You have other tight ends like Pat Fryermuth, who could be a potential top you know, six mm-hmm. tight end, who's going as tight end 10 in round eight. You have Dalton Kincaid, who's going late. There's so many tight ends that you could potentially punt the position and and still have a tight end one every single week. And any of these guys could have the the volume or the opportunity to be the tight end one on any given week, depending upon who they're playing. And so I think there's a lot of viable strategy of punting the position, especially mm-hmm. when you can understand the offense and how their system works and and looking ahead at their schedule and what what the what what linebackers are facing and how is this offense looking, the safety, what what kind of defense is the are they going to be facing against? And so bottom line. You can do it either way. I typically like to take more of that like mid-range tight end, 9, 10, 11-ish round, 12, mm-hmm. right? And kind of take two or three in that area and then and then be done. We have now we've, we were seeing a ton of quarterbacks off the board now. We have now seen Russell Wilson, Anthony Richardson, Geno Smith. So so and you're seeing a lot of these teams grabbing their QB2. Does that just further cement your decision getting to it in round eight? Yes, I'm happy getting two of there. Once I saw the quarterbacks go off the board, I don't think he would have made it back. And so now I'm done. I don't need to take a third with these two. Um, uh, question: You're on the clock here, sir. I'm excited to see how this pick goes in round number ten. We're gonna get a lot. Uh, we're gonna get a little clearer picture here. How this team build's gonna continue to go round tens. You know, ten rounds in, you can kind of get excited about it. Devon A. Chain off the board. Miami or bust, my friend. <laughs> That's right. Stack it. Get just get speed. Let's just call this team Flash. Right. We got Tyreek Waddle, and we got Devon A. Chain. We got two us. So we have quite a bit of Miami Dolphins here. Um, we have we have a couple couple Chargers. Um, overall, like the upside of A. Chain. Need another running back. Uh, fit build overall. Fit fit the team need. So happy to take A. Chain there. So Ryan C. in the chat, he says, do you prefer rookie running backs like Bigsby, Roshan, et cetera, or free agents like Zeke Fournette? Um, pass on Zeke. I'll take a gamble on Fournette, especially at his cost. He's going pretty late right now in drafts. I like Bigsby. I like Roshan a little bit more. I think he's got a, a, a clearer path to success inside of this backfield. Um, to answer your question, if I'm doing one draft, I probably take one and one. I don't take two of one or two of the other. I think mm-hmm. it's probably important to balance it if i'm doing one draft if i'm shooting for the fence in a tournament um i think you could get creative here and whatever is going to fit your team best okay all right so we are now almost completing round number 10 uh we've seen a lot of good builds here from a number of different pros and joes other than yourself have you taken a look at one of these teams go Ooh, that's a that's a pretty good one no, I've been too busy listening to you and and looking at the at, at, <laughs> at, at the at, at the queue coming up. It's, it's just draft is flying. We're forty seven minutes in. And we're halfway. Typically, these drafts are closer to two hours. So uh, when we started the podcast, you're like, yeah, like how long are we gonna go here? So let's see how this draft's going. Like we're gonna be done. <laughs> we're gonna be done in like thirty minutes. <laughs> Everyone came to party today. I love to see it. All right, so we were approaching your next pick. You are in the hole here. You got three running backs, four receivers, two quarterbacks, and a tight end. Oh, here don't we go. do it, You're John Terry. Don't John. even fucking think about it. <laughs> yes, 
the gamble paid off. I almost took him last round for the stack. Oh, it worked. Oh, oh good. my God. It listen, cleaned up. It, it, listen, it, Chargers PR team, Miami Dolphins PR team, get this man a freaking ticket to opening day. <laughs> you know how some, some, we saw like Travis Kelsey's mom wear the Jason Kelsey yes. and the, the Travis Kelsey half and half? Billy's going to go <laughs> quilt on with all the different numbers of all the players he'll be supporting in that one contest. Yeah, unfor- four, unfortunately, four, it's a week one <laughs> stack, not a week 17 stack. <laughs> So I, I was one correlation for the win, <laughs> but at least you can victory lap after week one, like the best of them in pros versus Joe's, because you might have a mighty fine blowout score. Stop the count <laughs> from all these charges and dolphins. Let's talk about a little bit of week 17 correlation. Do you got any of it so far? You're going to look to attack it. Not as really. Keep piling up. I was, that's, I was, you know, I thought about going Dulcich last round, but then I was like, if I take Dulcich, at least have a little bit of correlation, you know, but not much. But then if I take Dulcich there, Everett probably goes, right? So mm-hmm. the thought process was I'll take a running back. So that way there's two there's two tight ends kind of buffing Gerald Everett to make it back to me because the left right, side of the right. board had Travis Kelsey, Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and Waller. So I knew that outside of John Terry, who I knew would probably take a tight end, that the left side probably wasn't going to take more than one tight end, which it worked out that way. You know, Todd took Chigo because he had Waller, but if you have Kelsey Andrews or Hawkinson, you don't necessarily need another tight end there. You can punt the position and address other needs. Like that, that guy needed a quarterback. We knew he was going to take quarterback, right? So the question was, was he going to take tight end or was he going to take a running back or receiver? I took the chance there to thinking that Everett would make it back and it, it, it paid off. You touched upon something I definitely want to elaborate on now that we have a little bit of time before your next pick. The idea of Leaving players out there is almost bait to hopefully ensure that pick falls to you. You talk about taking a chain because yep. if you take Dolchich, it could create a run, and that does that. That's no good if you want Everett in round eleven. You go a chain, and it works out perfectly. So, do you want to talk a little bit about that for anyone who might be having some big drafts coming up? Yeah. So, for instance, the other bait too was Justin Fields' owner. So, the Sigmund Bloom has Fields. If he was going to take another tight end, he was probably going to stack and take Cole Komet. So there was a little mm-hmm. bit more bait, even though it was further down the board. Um, you always want to look at the board and see what do the people have left of you? What do people have right of you, right? We knew that when I took Tua, we knew the left side, we probably would see one more quarterback go. We knew when I took Devon Chain, we'd probably see two, maybe one tight end go. So we always want to look at what people have to the left of you, what people have to the right of you, and then make sure you take your selection from there. How does that change if you have a turn pick? Do you have to kind of project a little bit more? I mean, you obviously have to project a little bit more because there's a lot more picks until you get up. But is there a way you can kind of do that when you don't have as much influence in the middle of the board? Say that again? If you were to you talk, you have the middle pick, so you can kind of game plan it kind of evenly, whether it's to the left of you or to the right of you, depending on where you're going and what round. But if you have a swing pick where you're waiting a long time and then double tapping, can you still kind of play that buffer game, that little bait and switch that you can do in the middle rounds? Or is there a variation? No, to that you at can that do point, you just got to take the, the player that best fits your team and you can right. reach because there's, you know, 24 picks in between your next pick. So at that point, it doesn't matter if you reach a half a round or even a full round because you know the player is not coming back to you. So mm-hmm. just get your player on the – whenever you're on the tips, like just get your player, whether it's early, whether it's late, just get them, build your team as you see fit. That's why I like picking the tips. You can't be blocked, right? So it, mm-hmm. you know you get two picks. You know you get to work with it. And at that point, you just you know make sure that you're able to, to work around it. And so I, I think that the tips have its benefits at times, definitely has downfalls at times, especially if you're in a, a tough draft room. People won't leave a lot for you to take there on the ends. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. But, you know, if you're, you know, good drafters will just take whatever is going to fit for their team and they're going to just make it work, whether and they don't care about ADP at that point. Was this a, a randomized draft or was this like Kentucky Derby style? This is randomized. And, and speaking of Kentucky Derby style, the Harry Snowman, our man Rob is in the chat asking, where's the golden horseshoe, Billy? Apparently he's loving your build so far. So where is that, <laughs> that, that, that lucky horseshoe? Oh, man, I'm sitting on it right now. It's uh, it's comfortable. <laughs> like a nice seat cushion you know you just kind of yeah. have to grow accustomed to, to the the wear and tear of a, a golden horseshoe as you it's just this draft like radiant the energy flowing through my body right now 
The new studio. I see. I thought that was light in the new studio, Billy. I didn't realize that was a golden horseshoe with its essence illuminating through your 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 workspace. That's right. One second. I'm I'm I'm, I'm approaching. Let's take a look here. Um. So, Billy, yes, you're on the you're on deck. So go ahead and take a second to uh, uh ma- calibrate your pick here. Round twelve, important picks. I want to talk about team twelve. Our man Alex Dunlap. He joined us at the Kansas City Draft House, so he's a friend of the Player Profiler channel. Let's look at his team: C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, the slot receiver, God Double Stack. I like that. Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin. Oh, loving the slot receivers, the high PPR volume type guys. James Cook, Javante Williams, Anthony Richardson, Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, Kendra Miller. Three, four rookies in a row. You know, can't help but take them rookies at roster watch. We love Alex. I always wanted to look at his team. And it looks like he's got himself a pretty good one as well. Man, this draft is shaping up, Bill. We we like we said, we were talking at the beginning. This guy was flying an airplane, ladies and gentlemen, not more than 45 <laughs> minutes ago. Here he is in the thick of it in round 12 as he's looking to make his round 12 pick here. We will see how it lays out. Jalen Warren, one of my favorite running back handcuffs is off the board, especially in this best ball type of format where if there were an injury to Najee Harris, Jalen Warren could take a lot of that running back share and do a whole lot with it. He had multiple 10-point games last year as a clean backup for Najee Harris. He only had a 35 or so percent opportunity share and was able to cash in on multiple occasions. So he is one of my favorite running back handcuffs. So he is off the board. Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, and Jarek McKinnon were the three running backs that came off the board before him. And we also have seen a pretty deep tight end run. Dalton Kincaid, Sam LaPorter, Herb Smith, now on the Cincinnati Bengals, and Cole Komet. And Billy makes his pick, and he makes his boy. That's your boy. I've heard you talk a lot about Rondell Moore, so tell the people why this was your pick here in round 12. I just like Rondell Moore. I think they get creative with him. He's fast as hell, 4.37 speed, Um, 94th percentile agility score, 97th percentile burst score. And, you know, hasn't played healthy in his career yet. 14 games in his rookie campaign, only eight games last year. Um, But there's a lot of opportunity here inside of this Arizona offense here in 2023. We know that DeAndre Hopkins is now with the Tennessee Titans. That opened up about 23% target share in this offense. Uh, We know that uh, Marquise Brown is not necessarily the uh, poster child of health either. And we know that they have an aging tight end recovering from an ACL injury. So there's a lot of targets to go around. And you may say they may lean on the rushing game as well. Um, and that's possible. But James Conner also not a model of, of health as well. So Rondell Moore uh, could see him could see a pretty significant target share, you know, 22 percent approximately. And um, when he was on the field last year, target rate of 22.6 and we know that he runs really short routes. He's getting separation, right? That's why mm-hmm. he um, had, you know, the number two in target separation first man. He's just running short routes. And um, when we have a inexperienced quarterback, because we expect Kyler Murray to miss some time with the injury. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, then great. Even better for Rondell Moore. But if I, I do expect him to miss some time. And when we do see a quarterback who who is either inexperienced or not necessarily starting caliber, they typically favor slot receivers. They 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 favor dump offs to the running back. They favor passes behind the line of scrimmage, which you know, and all of this is going to benefit Rondell Moore. And so really excited for him in 2023. I think as long as he can stay healthy and stay on the field, um, he's going to be a PPR machine. Uh, we saw last year what he was able to do. So let's look back at his, like I said, his eight games last year. His week one, he came in and ran almost 90% snap share. He saw just five targets, but then he kind of ramped up. Week He gets in week five against Philly. He saw eight targets, seven receptions, 68 receiving yards. He was wide receiver number 24 that week in fantasy points per game against Seattle. He gets 10 targets, six receptions, 49 receiving yards. That's wide receiver 34, right? I just got him as wide receiver 56 here. And then mm-hmm. so had a bad week against New Orleans and only saw two targets, but then he comes back around Minnesota, gets eight targets, comes back again against Seattle again, sees another double digit, 10 targets, comes back against the Rams the following week in week 10 and sees 13 targets. So this is a, a target monster when he's on the field. And I think that we can expect something similar again in 2023. Rondell Moore, when I look at that eight-game sample that you just brought up, 
only one game over 60 air yards and it was 110 air yards. So that helps me uh, kind of get a little bit, you know, ha- excited about the fact that it doesn't need a quarterback to throw accurate dimes downfield to get them the rock effectively. They can just get him the ball in that short yardage situations, gobble up all those PPR points. And in that one game, that stink fest he had against the Saints, if you can remember that Thursday night debacle of a beatdown uh, from the uh, Arizona Cardinals over the Saints, I think the, the running backs had two or three touchdowns. Uh, the defense had two touchdowns. Uh, there just wasn't a lot of passing uh, uh, to go around. I think D-Hop, that was his first game back. He had 10 targets, but that was about it. So Rondell Moore really did see a lot of targets last year and no target monster in D-Hop this year. Great smash spot there. Another short receiver that has it, but this one has a thousand yard season under his belt. Darnell Mooney, Bill. Talk about Darnell Mooney. Get him in round 13. Darnell Mooney, I was very high on last year. I probably lost a lot of money because of him, but um, <laughs> wide receiver 60. It's one of those things where I think that the market is overreacting. And and in points per game last year, he was wide receiver number 27. You know, I mean, sorry, 2021. He was wide receiver 27 points per game. Only saw 12, 12 games last year. Uh, this offense, I expect to throw a little bit more. Everything they've signaled is that they want to throw the ball more. They bring in DJ Moore. They had two bruising backs um, to take away some of that rushing uh, upside, I think, uh, for Justin Fields. So Darnell Mooney, the clear number two in this offense behind DJ Moore, in my opinion. Uh, probably won't see double teams. DJ Moore will see a bulk of the number one coverage. Uh, Mooney, Mooney should probably slide back into a little bit more of the slot now. Um, he saw 39.9% slot rate last year. So I expect him to see a little bit more of that as well, but I do think he's better on the outside. Um, that's why he had a better year in 2021. So I think he'll probably slide a little bit more outside, still see some slot snaps, but that's probably pretty much DJ Moore's job. Um, Mooney will probably kind of see different formations, probably moved quite a bit, but why does he for 60? You can't, you can't complain about that. I mean, at that point, there's not. He's never even finished lower than wide receiver 58 fantasy points per game. So we're drafting him at his floor right now, in my opinion. So 13 rounds in. Any any pick here that you see that you wish you could have back and take someone else? Or are you kind of happy with the picks you made so far? Happy with the picks I made so far. I actually thought Trey McBride was going to come back. I was going to go Rondell Moore and Trey McBride there. Um, McBride typically goes in around almost around 14, 15. So that was a little early. He did auto draft. So I wonder if he set a queue and left. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what happened there. But again, the asterisk there right before the T in his name shows an auto pick. Um, it definitely threw a little bit of a damper of things. So uh, I, I would not have taken McBride at, at, at pick 12 or in, at, at, in, in round 12. But um, maybe I should have taken a tight end around 13 there because we saw three just go off the board. Right. I, I, I like the two I have. I'm not crazy about the two I have. Um, I did say I was punting the position, so I definitely need to address it sooner rather than later. Um, but if if they keep going, then we're going to just continue to punt it and see what is available in a little bit. So um, I still need a running back as well. Um, so got to make sure I sure these last two positions up. But really like the receivers I have, really like the quarterbacks I have. I feel like I'm okay at running back right now. I don't feel like I'm behind. Um, so I would make sure that I get a few more in here, though. Okay. Sounds. I mean, it looks like it looks like a pretty good team that you're building here. I know I'm hosting with you, so I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Oh, Billy sucks at this." Obviously, <laughs> you're Billy freaking Muzio. You got you got some strong projections, some of the best in the biz, real well respected for good reason. But you take Darnell Mooney in round thirteen. You know I love DJ Moore, but is that quarterback gonna finally eclipse the four K mark? No, no, he's not gonna hit four thousand yards. He's, I don't even think he's going to be close, honestly. He'll probably be like seven or 800 yards shy. Okay, so the, so these guys, so what's the ceiling then on this passing attack if he can't reach that 4,000 mark in, in passing? I, I, I think they're all capped, but wide receiver 60, in my opinion, is pretty low. I, I mean, week-to-week basis, Darnell Mooney could easily finish as wide receiver 30 or 40, and, and that's all you need at this point in the draft. Yeah, I don't need a weekly wide receiver one in this position. Right, We're looking for a few okay. spike weeks, and we know that Darnell Mooney can give right. you that. Right. And the, the you know they had the worst schedule. I mean the worst record last year, so they're going to have a schedule against all the other number fours. So he should have a pretty decent schedule this year. And if there is a, a jump in accuracy for for Justin Fields, maybe it's a little bit more than Spike Weeks. But here we are in round thirteen. You're only looking for a few. We see Zeke Elliott off the board and Devin Singletary. 
Love this pick. I have been kind of not. I, I I've been. It feels like I'm getting preachy about Devin Singletary, <laughs> and at the same time, how can you really get preachy about a guy that you're taking in round 14 or so? But talk about Devin Singletary because I think he has some sneaky upside, and you also get your handcuff with your running back too. Talk about that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of what we call stat cuffing, right? And that's Damon Pierce is taking the running back and the second running back of the team in best ball. Um, because it's a confined league, though, I'm okay with it. If it's tournament build, I think it limits its upside, and I wouldn't go that route. But confined league, beating 11 folks, I'm a little bit more okay with it. I like Devin Singletary. He was in the queue last pick as well. The debate in my head was Darnell Mooney for upside. Or do I take a tight end to shore up the position? Do I take Devin Singletary? Because I like the opportunity he has in 2023. And he also has ability to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. And so that was the debate. Happy to see he made it back to me. It's about a round past his 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 typical ADP. So it ended up working out. I'm I'm fine skipping the tight end now, knowing that I got Mooney and Singletary. So we are going to wrap up the show after your next pick, 15 rounds in. So we're approaching the end of the show. Thank you, everyone who's tuned in. It's been a very, very fun show. Uh, I'm excited to see how this team plays out. Bill, you're going to have to keep me in posted. You have to send me a quick snapshot when the team's done because now that I'm in 15 rounds deep, I'm I'm invested. I feel like I'm maybe not your co-owner here, but maybe I'm like, uh, I don't know, the assistant to the general manager or something like that. Yeah, we will post this the board on Twitter. Uh, as soon as the draft is over, you can head on over to my Twitter at FF Musio and uh, I'll, I'll post the board over there for all to see. I'll tag some of those participating in the draft as well. Uh, we can get some some lively discussion going. So the chat seems upset that you took Mooney over Rorschach Johnson. You want to explain yourself, Mr. Musio? I I know that a lot of uh, uh, individuals over at Player Profiler are really high on Roshan Johnson. Um, I like the talent. I like the player, but I think he's going to have to earn the role. I I don't think Khalil Herbert's just going to disappear. I think Khalil Herbert's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're shooting for the moon here, and I think Darnell Mooney will probably get me more spike weeks than Roshan Johnson will at this point in the draft. And um, I don't want to take two rookies. I don't want A-Chain and Roshan with this build. I wanted to get something a little bit more, um, a little bit more out of that, out of that pick. Okay. Sounds good. So now you are on the clock for the last pick of the broadcast. Thanks again, everybody for tuning in to the Dominator and thanks for, uh, you know, this is my hosting debut here for the Dominator. So I would like to thank each of you guys for tuning in, taking it easy on me, but it's been fun to be able to sit back and watch one of the best in the business draft a team this is the ffpc Pro. Uh, last pick's not sexy Joe's. it's not sexy but it, it sure is at the position tyler conklin here in round 15 tight end <laughs> premium listen you we saw jelani woods Taysom hill noah fant hayden hurst mike gasecki all off the board with tyler conklin so talk about conklin then talk about your first 15 rounds in and then we'll land this plane I don't think we can go out on Conklin. Let's go one more pick. We can't. We can't end on Conklin. Conklin's not even. That's fair. <laughs> I I kind of feel the same. That's like that's like you know, remember when we were kids and you know you're playing in little league and your your coach is throwing you batting practice and you he's like all right last one then you're gonna go run to first base and, and he then you like and you ground like, it out ding. yeah you just ting out he's like no 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 get in there you're <laughs> yeah, not about to get you're another not one. tip it right now you're gonna go ahead and get a full hack so we're gonna go one more round and then. Make sure all you guys that are tuning in stay around at the Player Profiler YouTube channel because we got the Dynasty Warzone kicking off right after our broadcast ends. So stay at the Player Profiler YouTube channel and get your double dip on a Sunday night, the Dominator in the Dynasty Warzone. Holy cow. We are the best in the biz for a reason. Ooh, Logan Thomas is off the board. So, I mean, if you didn't go Conklin here in round 15, it it's looking like he ugly. would not have made it back to you. Yeah, and then after that, it gets pretty ugly. It's Michael Mayer. It's, I mean, likely I would have likened. I likely would have picked likely had like Conklin it. gone. Um, that was the other one I was even considering, but I figured he would come back. Um, so Conklin there. So real quick, without looking it up, how many targets has Conklin had the last, let's say last year and the year before, because it's the same number. I'm going to say 78. 87, actually. Wow, that's What's isn't that, that a little? You get the opposite way. I have no idea. I'm, I'm number dyslexic. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. You're pretty close, actually. Didn't even think about the dyslexia there. The uh, 87, pretty sneaky. We know we're hearing Aaron Rodgers is is liking Conklin in camp. Mm-hmm. He's he's been a target of his early and often. Uh, we know that he's targeted tight ends in the past when he's had good ones on the field. And so I think Conklin has some sneaky upside here, especially going off the board as tight end 28. He finished last year as tight end 21 in fantasy points per game. 2021, he finished as tight end 18 in fantasy points per game. So I think that he has the ability to finish as a top 22, 23 tight end. I would not be surprised if he finished as like tight end 18 or 19. And to get him as tight end 28, pretty happy with the cost. I, I know we're not finishing on Tyler Conklin there. I have one more player that I'm hoping makes it back to me right now. And then I would love to discuss his opportunity because I think that he could have a pretty big year. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, again, that's why we're going another pick because Conklin isn't the sexiest uh, <laughs> of, of all time. Uh, he, you know, Robert Tunyon had 11 touchdowns in 2020 with Aaron Rodgers, but the new wide receiver two there was a mix of Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and someone that is in New York. So I don't know if it's a good sign, uh, Alan Lazard. Now, we could see a world where Conklin finishes with the second most touchdowns in this passing attack behind, you yeah. know, Garrett Wilson. Right. So getting him here in round 15 as your tight end three makes sense. And you might have the least sexiest tight end room in this entire division, right? Tyler Higby, Tyler Conklin, Gerald Everett. But it's pretty effective because we're talking about he made guys. it. He made it. Billy's excited, so this is the pick that we're going to take it out with because Bill is excited. So when we talked earlier, if you ain't first, you're last in this build. Is winner takes all. Winner takes the main event entry for 2024. Josh Jacobs might be holding out to pe- people, and if he does, Zamir White's going to step in as as the starting running back to get him off the board here as RB 59 who could potentially be an RB2, RB3 every single week without Josh Jacobs. And do we expect them to give him the massive volume again last year? I'm, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not certain about it, but um, if he holds out, Zamir White is looking like a pretty solid pick there. Zamir pick, round 16. We are going out with that. I am Matty Kiwum. Thanks for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Matty Kiwum. He is the best. Billy Muzio. Oh, no, Billy Coluzio. Little Khaleesi and Muzio mix <laughs> a Billy Coluzio, FF Muzio on Twitter. We're out. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. 